DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Missionary Benedictines of Christ the King Priory, presents The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. Father Mauritius did his philosophical, theological, and doctoral studies in Rome. He is the author of numerous books, including I Want to Understand You, Encountering Foreign Worlds with a Little Prince, The New Image of God's Image, Meister Eckhart on Image and Theology, Peter and Paul, Models of Decision-Making, and On the Way, Benedict's Journey for Spiritual Maturity. Father Mauritius also serves as the prior of Sant'Anselmo in Rome. The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Father Mauritius, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Chris. I am hoping that you'll be able to help us to sober up <laughs> in this conversation we've been having on soberness. The, an unexpected virtue. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, we, we talked about uh, how soberness feels and tastes, that it has a good taste, that's a good quality. Um, but maybe more interesting, how can we get there? How can we become sober in a good sense of the word? Not only uh, not eating, not drinking, but uh, how can we reach this openness in our body, in our soul for God, so that we, that He alone suffices, as Theresa of Avila would say. In this context, I would like to to address a topic that um, I guess touches touches most of us. It's uh, the issue of compensation. So everybody loves balance in his life and an equilibrium. So we breathe in, we breathe out. We are awake, we sleep. We work and we need relaxation. We talk and we listen. Our whole life is kind of this pendulum. It's kind of this balance going back, going, going forth. And usually our body and our soul tell us when we have kind of to instill a little bit of the other side in order to keep this balance. So it needs a certain awareness to stay there in this balance. But not always we respond to the request that is done by our body or by our soul. And then we get out of balance. I want to um, present a couple examples. For example, let's say I'm stressed. What would, we, what would I need in order to balance? I would need relaxation. But maybe instead of relaxing, I start, as I'm stressed, I start to eat as a way to balance. But it's not the right response. 
Certainly it takes away from the stress a little bit when I eat, when I have a snack. So this I would name, this is a compensation, it compensates something, but it's not really a solution of the issue. Second example, loneliness. I feel lonely, that happens to all of us. What do I do as compensation, for example, I start surfing in the internet. Or I start drinking. Many people drink because they feel lonely. And it takes away this uh, pain for a while. But it's not actually the response to what our body or soul want. What would be the adequate response to the feeling of loneliness? It would be, for example, to invite somebody to my home. Or to call somebody. I feel lonely, so I need somebody. Or I need God. I, I want to pray, I want to talk with him. Another example. I feel not important. I feel that my life really doesn't make a difference. So what do I do? I follow closely the life of the stars. Life of the stars in Hollywood or in sports or whatever. And I kind of wrap my mind around those people all the time. I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of live their lives as I follow them on Twitter and on television and, and so on. Because that gives me the feeling that I am important too. That I'm at least close to somebody who is important. But this is not what I'm called to do by God if I feel not important. Instead, he would call me to find something where I can, I can really make a difference. Another example of compensation. I feel powerless. I feel like a victim. You know, many decisions are made over my head. I, uh, I cannot help it. I just have to follow. I feel powerless. I, what can I do in order to compensate? And many people do. I spend time with pictures uh, of naked people. I go to the internet and clicking, clicking them gives me the feeling of having power over them. You know, I can get them to, to me and I can click them away. That, that For me, pornography is not so much a question of sexuality. It is also, but it's more a question of having power. Instead, when I feel powerless, what should I do? I should rather discern what do I really want? How can I avo avoid situations in which I become a victim? How can I do something and use the space I have in order to make a difference? So I just want to point to ways in which we compensate. Or maybe two other last examples. I feel not loved by my partner. I go shopping <laughs> as a compensation. You know, at least I do something good to myself. If my partner not, doesn't love me, or doesn't show me his love, at least I take my credit card and go shopping. Instead of working on this relationship and and see how how I can improve this. Or last example, I'm angry. Okay, I on my next drive in my car. I put out the aggression on the road. You know, I, I spread my anger on the road. At least there I can. 
So in all these cases, I don't put the right lid on the pot. This is the problem. The problem is not sex. The problem is not eating. The problem is not snacking. The problem is not drinking. The problem is not the internet. All these things are good and can be used, used in a good way, but only at the right time and in the right measure. And all the feelings I shared with you are okay. It's okay to be lonely. <laughs> I don't know anybody who had never felt lonely. It's okay to feel powerless. It's rather good to become aware of it. It's a good thing to become aware of my need. The problem starts when I, instead of responding to this need adequately, start to compensate, kind of to bypass this need. So I numb my true need. And that's not good. It even can become dangerous. We are still speaking in the context of soberness. So all kinds of compensations take away from this soberness. And I would say we compensate constantly. It's kind of a usual thing that we do. Is it part of that experience that St. Augustine described in many of the Desert Fathers as well, that our hearts are restless until they rest in him, that we're made for God, and yet we, we, don't, we don't know how to reach out to him and, or to fill that need. Yes, I think this is the, the final, deepest need that, that you are addressing. Um, I agree. So, in other words, one could say that the task is to find how does God love me now, at this moment. Our heart, you're right, and St. Augustine was so right when he said, Our heart is restless until it rests in God. So we are ultimately seeking God. But we are human beings too with, with, with needs, emotional needs, physical needs. So the question is, what does God want to give me now? Instead of that I take something that is not really what he wants to give me. So when we, when we compensate, that's okay. It happens constantly, that's okay. But it, the problem starts if this becomes a habit in certain areas. What happens is that the measure of whatever we consume does not suffice anymore. Because it is not the true response to the need, we need more and more and more. It's just the wrong answer. So we need more of it, more of it, in order to reach the same effect. And this is how the addictions start. This is how it can happen that we become addicted to alcohol, sex, games, eating, whatever. So the question should be for us, the spiritual question, what do I really need? And we talked about this at another time, more on the level of uh, what do I need uh, of material goods, 
So I, I want to read this chapter to you again that St. Benedict's St. Benedict had, that's too much, yeah. <laughs> it's just a few minutes they yeah. carry laundry. I'm sorry, Why don't you, could, you, could you say that you want to go back? Because mm -hmm. I, I think I could get that out, but I'm not no. sure. So I, That's okay. So the question is, what do I really need? It's a spiritual question. It pertains to material goods, and we have talked about this before in another interview. Um, but it also pertains to all other kinds of needs, emotional needs. And in order to approach this more precisely, I want to read to you again the chapter that we had before, but it's, it's really key, I think, in the rule of St. Benedict, um, it's chapter 34, The Distribution of Goods According to Need. Benedict says, It is written, Distribution was made to each of one of us as he had need. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4. By this we do not imply that there should be favoritism, God forbid, but rather consideration of weaknesses. Whoever needs less should thank God and not be distressed. But whoever needs more should feel humble because of his weakness, not self-important because of the kindness shown him. In this way, all members will be at peace. First and foremost, there must be no word or sign of evil, of the evil of grumbling, not no manifestation of it for any reason at all. If, however, anyone is caught grumbling, let him undergo more severe discipline. So here you can say, Chris, you can see that St. Benedict is humble enough to center his rule, the part of the human being, the part of the monk, to center his rule among the needs. What does the monk really need? And as long as he gets what he needs, he will be in peace. His heart won't be restless anymore. He will find rest in God. And we have the promise of Jesus that our prayers will be answered. It's not that he would let us down. He's our good father. This we learn in the Gospel of Matthew. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which one of you would hand his son a stone when he asks for a loaf of bread, or a snake when he asks for a fish? God cares. If we are just humble enough to accept and to express our needs. We don't have to be, feel ashamed if we have a need. In contrary, it's a good thing to become aware of the needs, and it's a bad thing to avoid that, to try to hide that, and kind of by going around it or passing it by, to try to solve the problem in another way. It won't pay out. It won't pay out. 
So to reach the stat status of soberness or to in order to sober up, if you wish, it's important to let go compensations. We'll return in just a moment to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. Glorious St. Benedict, sublime model of virtue, pure vessel of God's grace, behold me humbly kneeling at your feet. I implore you in your loving kindness to pray for me before the throne of God. To you I have recourse in the dangers that daily surround me. Shield me against my selfishness and my indifference to God and to my neighbor. Inspire me to imitate you in all things. May your blessing be with me always, so that I may see and serve Christ in others and work for his kingdom. Graciously obtain for me from God those favors and graces which I need so much in the trials, miseries, and afflictions of life. Your heart was always full of love, compassion, and mercy toward those who were afflicted or troubled in any way. You never dismissed without consolation and assistance anyone who had recourse to you. I therefore invoke your powerful intercession confident in the hope that you will hear my prayers and obtain for me the special grace and favor I earnestly implore. Help me, great Saint Benedict, to live and die as a faithful child of God, to run in the sweetness of His loving will, and to attain the eternal happiness of heaven. Amen. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. If you have been blessed in some way by the spiritual nourishment and teachings offered freely by all those involved with Discerning Hearts programs, please consider a positive review for the various programs on the iTunes and Google Play stores. This is a great way to help the ministry and is an encouragement to others who are seeking the best in spiritual formation to find and check out the programs. Won't you please help? It's an easy way to help give back and to be a part of the mission. Thank you and God bless from all at Discerning Hearts. We now return to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. Um, there was a professor of mine, professor of philosophy, who once said, when we want to stop smoking, was just an example, when we want to stop smoking, this is not just a decision. 
you have to change your whole life. I found this interesting. Because many people think, oh, it's just a decision. And this pertains to all kinds of bad habits. Why is this? Because our brain gets used to the habits. So, in order to rewire our brain, we have to, we need time. In the same way as the bad habit kind of developed, we have to reverse this step by step in order to help the brain learn the good behavior, the good habit. The demons, this is what the monastic tradition and the tradition of the Desert Fathers says, the demons tell us, you're never going to make it. You will never get rid of this compensation. You will never get rid of this attachment. You tried so hard, right? I see that you tried hard. You can't even try harder. You won't make it. This is what the demon says. When we, when we are caught in this way of compensation, the demons want to make it even worse and tell us, you won't get out of it. However, we should not listen to this demon. It's a false thought. It's an evil thought. He is not, or it is not true. This is the gospel. This is the good news we hear in Mark, right at the beginning of the gospel of Mark, first chapter, 15th verse. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand convert and believe in the gospel. In Greek we have metanoete. Often we have the translation um, repent. But it's more than repentance. It is convert, metanoete, turn around. So at the beginning of the gospel we have the call to turn around. And Jesus would not have um, called us to do this if he would not trust that we can do it with his help and with God's help. It is possible to convert. We can overcome any kind of compensation, slowly but surely, by the grace of God. It is possible. So we should silence those demons who tell us, hmm, that's me, I have just this inclination, you know, it, it runs in my family or whatever. That's <laughs> mm -hmm. true. Mm-hmm. And the same in the rule of St. Benedict. From the very beginning, St. Benedict talks about the conversion. And one of our vows, of the Benedictine vows, vows is called conversion of life. It implies to turn around, to start anew, to start a new life, to get rid of compensation, to get rid of false habits, It is possible and to reach a new freedom, a new life, a fullness of life that God has called us to. So St. Benedict says right in the beginning of his rule in the prologue, listen carefully, my son, to the master's instructions and attend to them with the ear of your heart. This is advice from a father who loves you. Welcome it and faithfully put it into practice. The labor of obedience will bring you back to him 
from whom you had drifted through the sloth of disobedience. These are the famous first sentences of the rule of St. Benedict. Listen carefully, my son. But this second verse is so, is so interesting and so true when he says, the labor of obedience will bring you back to him from whom you have drifted away to the sloth of disobedience. What does this mean? It means that converting is labor. <laughs> It's a work. It is much easier to stay sober, you don't need much energy to stay sober, than to constantly having to convert. This roller coaster of, I fell again and I get up. So the goal must be to be free of these inclinations. But we have to be humble and St. Benedict knows it we are disobedient. We don't listen to our needs. We don't listen to God who speaks also through our needs. Instead, we drift away from him slowly but surely. And it is a work, this is at least my personal experience, that if we want to sober up in certain areas, it is a work. It is very seldom that kind of, by the grace of God, it, it, it does boom and then we are free of something. It happens. It's a miracle. God can do everything. For him, nothing is impossible. But often it is rather that we slowly but surely get rid of what, what did not do us good. There's a movie, I unfortunately I forgot the, the title, and it was not a very um, famous movie. I don't think so. But I remember one scene. It was about a father and a son. And the father was not very successful, not a good role model for his little son. It was kind of tragic. But you felt some sympathy with him, some compassion. He was a sympathetic uh, person in a way, in his weakness. And, and I remember one scene. He was sitting on the... Um, the edge of a road, or how to say, at the at a road, together with his son. He here he was sitting, and his son was next to him. And all of a sudden, he tried to explain to his son what life is about. And then he said, <laughs> "I will never forget that. Maybe because it was so drastic." He said, "My son, life is a big heap of shh. I don't say that word now here. You know what I'm meaning." He said, life is a big heap of hmm, one layer put uh, over the other, upon the other. This is a terrible image, but I think he's right. So what we do sometimes in life is we compensate. That means we hide something, and when this doesn't help anymore, we put another layer with other sh over this. And sometimes life is like this, like in, in the story that we read about uh, the beheading of uh, John the Baptist. That was a similar situation. It was one bad thing put upon the other. In other words, in order to sober up, we have to take off layer by layer. So we should not wonder if I'm not reaching this state of... Um, clarity and, and, and fullness of love 
to the human beings and to God right away. No, 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 it's work. It's work, it's labor, as St. Benedict says. Because this is how <laughs> we have caused it this way, to be this way. We have one layer, bad layer upon the other, and okay, it's labor, but it's possible. It's possible. Uh, Jesus says once uh, to the Pharisees and scribes, you are like whitewashed tombs, which appear beautiful on the outside, but inside they are full of dead man's bones and every kind of filth. <laughs> Very drastic. It's a similar image, if you wish. It's a similar image. It's okay. But it invites us to take off with the help of God, one layer after the other. This is the, the psychological dynamic. At the beginning, we know that we are compensating. We know it. And we admit it to ourselves, maybe even to others. You know, when I'm stressed, I take a little drink at the beginning. When we continue and when it becomes more serious, more a habit, we might not continue to justify it before others, but for ourselves, before ourselves. Then we reach a stage where we not even know ourselves that we are avoiding and compensating. We hide it before ourselves. This is pretty terrible. So we really split off this whole thing. Again, it's a call to conversion. It's a call to conversion. This is the gospel. That's the good news. We can return to God from whom we have distanced ourselves. You've been listening to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, A Spiritual Path for Today's World with Father Mauritius Vildi. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. You can also hear it on the free Discerning Hearts app available on the iTunes and Google Play stores. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts, I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi.